Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> you can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts. Especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond to dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributor. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Hi, friends. My name is Chris Leonardo, and I live here in Portland, Oregon, with Carly, Anya, and Etta Leonardo, who some of you have had the pleasure of knowing, and we just live a few blocks from the meeting house. I was raised by uh, a family here in town. Um, my father is a former drug dealer who turned uh, conservative pastor. Uh, conservative evangelical Christian pastor, and uh, that's the world we were raised in. And I spent over 10 years of my life uh, as a full-time paid pastor um, with the intention of continuing in that for, for good. Um, so I have a complicated relationship with Christianity. Um, the simplest way to summarize my relationship with Christianity is to say that I hate Christianity. Um, and sometimes this slips out at inappropriate times, like early on a Sunday morning when I'm the one talking at church um, and have the opportunity to set the tone for the entire morning. Um, also, despite my best efforts, I'll probably include sweeping generalizations that are offensive to wonderful, loving Christian people despite the fact that those generalizations will likely be accurate enough to be effective at making my point. What can I say? I was trained to be a preacher. Apologies in advance. Now, uh, in the spirit of our Christian ancestors, I'd like to take someone else's idea and act like it's pretty much mine. So, I learned about the concept of minimum viable product some time ago while working at a software company. I didn't like this idea of minimum viable product at first because I worked with customers who were upset that the product wasn't more viable. And so minimum viable product just meant bad product to me. Parentheses, during my talk, the following will be running through my mind and my body. Eternal conscious torment. I'm an imaginative, creative person who learned about the Augustinian concept of hell before I could count to one. Lake of fire, that whole thing. It's the most basic concept of hell that a vast majority of let's call them basic Christians in the United States adopt. This concept has led to some very vivid nightmares and daydreams for me. Number two, random scriptures will be popping through my head. I programmatically memorized these scriptures on a daily and weekly basis growing up 
These tend to remind me that all of my decisions, thoughts, and actions are high stakes, potentially resulting in, but ultimately making me deserving of eternal conscious torment. Third, mental health related topics are running through my mind and body at this moment. I have three therapists. That's a minimum of three separate, well-educated, well-paid professionals that I employ to help me avoid ruining my life, everything I love and hold dear, as well as anything that might look interesting along the way. One concept that stuck with me this year is the idea of dispassion. This idea is really centered on rational decision-making in light of erratic and ineffective emotions. And that concept of dispassion has been particularly critical for me this last year. Couple more things running through my mind and body before we get back to minimum viable product and I'll wrap shortly. I'm desperate for your affirmation, but I'm already planning my escape because I can't trust any of you. <clears throat> I'm reluctantly participating in this despite Quaker connections to Christianity. Um, I am probably wrong about all of this. Again, apologies in advance. Minimum viable product. Minimum, as little as possible on purpose. Sound familiar, Quaker friends? Parentheses, Christianity alarm, eternal conscious torment. I must be all things to all people. There's no room for minimalism when eternal conscious torment is on the line. Quakers are heretics, unparentheses. Just a little thing runs through my mind and my body as I'm going through this. Okay, minimum as little as possible on purpose, viable. So it's as little as possible, but it's viable. It works enough. It does the most important things, the least amount of times to accomplish the minimum goal. Minimum, on purpose, viable, effective. Product. It's not just an idea. It's not a cool concept. You get to hold it. You get to use it. You can see it, hear it, taste it, whatever. It's minimum. It's not everything. It's viable. It does enough. And it's a product. It exists. Minimum viable product. This week, Joe Biden drove a dumb looking electric truck. And there was this weird netting or painting or some pattern on it. It was horrible looking. I would not buy this truck, uh, but that was not the purpose of this demonstration where Joe Biden drove an electric truck. It wasn't to show off that the back of the truck opens into, you know, a staircase or something or the stereo does this or that. The purpose of Joe Biden driving that electric truck was to demonstrate a minimum. Does it go fast? Yeah minimum. Viable. He didn't die, didn't crash. Good. Product. There it is. It exists. They weren't advertising anything past that. But let's be honest, the real purpose was to show old white guys that driving a truck for sissies is super cool. 
So we hope we'll see if that works. Um, remember, minimum viable product. I'll end with how I've applied this concept of minimum viable product recently. I've started to write something down with my hands on paper every day as often as I possibly can or think about it. I carry this pen around with me and it's my binky, it's my blankie. Um, it has saved me from many things that I would have done or said that I wrote instead. Didn't mean for that to rhyme. Um, but I will journal, I'll capture a phrase. I'll just write something down to learn to listen to my own instinct because I've turned it off because the stakes have been eternal conscious torment and my spirit is willing, my flesh is weak and my heart is deceitful above all things. So I've trained myself to not listen to my own heart. So I listen to it, I write something down every day. I play something every day, I'm a musician, I'll play a note. Sometimes you're so depressed in quarantine, it's crazy, it's hard to do anything life-giving. So just playing one note of something, doing just a minimum on purpose, viable, right? So these are things learned from this. Here's this poem, I made it. And it's, you know, and there it is. And they just unapologetically do that. I've learned that from you. And these little moments of capturing I've learned from you are what I think make up an actual life. It's not the grandiose, huge things. It's the minimums. It's the little things that you can hold on to. So working in solitude during quarantine, I started making little loopy noises um, that sort of sound like music. And I'd make one and it would kind of go like this. And then I'd make another one and it would be a lot slower. And so each time they would cycle through, it sounded different. This note here would hit a different note here each time. And I'm like, this is weird. And I read that other people did this before that are smarter and cooler than me. So I started doing it and I would tweak these little sounds and let them run through my office at work all day. And I'm sitting here going, I'm making my own music. This is incredible. Like my own Muzak for my own office. Uh, so that's cool. I liked that. But, you know, I don't trust myself. I'm deserving of eternal conscious torment. My heart's deceitful above all things. So I don't get to realize that I'm doing something cool until I train myself, retrain myself to see it happening. So this Friday after work, I sat down because I hit my goal early. I'm done with my May goal. So I sat down and I decided I was going to make some music. Uh, I realized that I'd been making these things for a long enough time that I had a thing. And it was in my estimation, a minimum viable thing. So I organized these noises and I titled them with words that I'd written down and I used phrases that made sense to me. And I used an image of a little mouse pad looking like a Persian rug that is under me all day while I'm working. And I made this little project called Eternal Conscious Torment and titled this little mini album, The Dispassion Demos. And it's largely unlistenable and I love it. And you'd think based on how I feel that I wrote the white album. Yesterday, <clears throat> lastly, I met up with an old friend who's an artistic guy and I asked him what he was working on these days. He said, I'm not working on much, not really doing anything. It's watercolors, you know, I'll mix them, do like a color test, look at the mixture. If I don't like it, 
um, you know, I can slice them up and make bookmarks, um, fold it, make a card. I sent this one to my niece, Lydia, you know, I write a little thing in it. Uh, is it snowing up there? And then every night she looks at the card, looks out the window and tells the card it's, it's snowing tonight or it's not snowing tonight, you know, or I'll send a postcard to somebody that I made. This guy grew up in the church as well. So he's trained to ignore his instinct. His heart is deceitful above all things as well. He deserved eternal conscious torment before he could count to one as well. So like the blind leading the blind, I got to sit there and point out how much art he was doing. We talked minimum viable product. I told him about the soothing, comforting tones of eternal conscious torment. And now we're going to collaborate. I'm going to send him more of my noise and he's going to paint to it. And uh, it feels very pleasant. It feels very pleasant to be able to share this story with you, to be uh, able to look my friends in the eyes. Uh, I want to tell this community that as people, I love you. Uh, my mental health issues, my history with Christianity, etc., want to remind me that I shouldn't trust any of you. Um, minimum viable. That's all. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We're really happy that so many of you are finding it to be helpful and as a way to stay connected with what's going on with us here at West Hills Friends. If you'd like to stay connected with us in other ways, we have a couple options for you. You can check out our website. It's westhillsfriends.org. There you'll find some more information about who we are as a community. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook account by just searching for West Hills Friends. You can also follow us on Instagram. We have a Instagram account with the name West Hills Friends. So we hope that you'll get connected with us in other ways. And again, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast.